ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Built on Purpose podcast, where each episode I interview exceptional leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, philosophers, and some straight up interesting people to explore their outlook on life, work, and leadership. My name is Brian Moore, co-founder and managing partner of Y Scouts, and today I'm interviewing Boyd Tinsley. Boyd is the violinist and a founding member of one of the most well-known bands walking the planet today, the Dave Matthews Band. In this conversation, we talk about the 25-year journey of the Dave Matthews Band, specifically the very open process Boyd and his band members take when it comes to creating music, the open process Boyd takes when it comes to the movie he's created, or what it takes to recruit musicians from around the world for a new rock band called Crystal Garden that Boyd is producing. This episode is full of entertainment for any fan of the Dave Matthews Band, or frankly, music in general. Ladies and gentlemen, I share with you the one and only Boyd Tinsley. Well, ladies and gentlemen, joining me today is Boyd Tinsley. And if you don't know who he is, you are going to get a big dose uh, of Boyd Tinsley today. Boyd, what a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely, man. Uh, I'm really honored to be here and uh, talk, to talk to you guys. So uh, thank you. Absolutely. So... Uh, I, I kind of want to give everybody just a little bit of uh, of a backdrop. Uh, so maybe start uh, in a place where you grew up. You grew up in Charlottesville. Uh, you are obviously yeah. super, super well known as uh, as a violin player. And I, I have to wonder, because I don't know Charlottesville to be a mecca of classical music. Where did your love of classical music originally come from? Well, I mean, Charlottesville's, it's, it's a pretty, you know, because the University of Virginia is there, it's, it's a fairly cultural place. And, and just the city, city itself is pretty progressive. And uh, one of the things that is just surprising about Charlottesville, uh, for it's still, I mean, it's a, it's a city, but it's a very small city. And you won't find, like, some of the cultural things in Charlottesville um that you'll find in, in even bigger cities than charlottesville i mean there's like a lot of theater there's jazz there's uh, rock there's um there's a lot of artists here um i mean it's a very cultural town and one one unusual thing was in it started in middle school they actually had a string program a string uh, orchestra program and uh you, you'd, you'd never find that uh in in, in a school system the size of this and so I was lucky, and uh, you know that's where um, I, I learned to play the violin. Was was at my school in uh, the sixth grade at um, in Charlottesville, and and um, I, I kind of I sort of stumbled upon it. I must admit, I thought the class was for for guitar. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, I walked walked in, and I uh, very quickly found out that that wasn't the case. And so you know, I had the choice to stay in that class or to to go down to the office and switch. And I made a really split second decision to, to stay, you know, which was really, um, which really sort of changed my life. And, um, but, but it, it, it really, um, it really fostered, um, you know, like, like, um, uh, cultural education on kids. Some, some, some schools just sort of, you know, is that's a throwaway. And, and like when you come to budget cuts and stuff like that, you know, stuff like a, a string orchestra uh, is going. That's going to be the first thing that's going to go. You know, um, music programs and so forth. But it's always been a tremendous, you know, priority in Charlottesville, and uh, still, still is. I mean, they 
the the string orchestra in Charlottesville now is a symphony. It's you know it's uh, not just strings. It's a it's an entire symphony. I mean they've won world awards all all over the world. They they travel and they they win a, a symphony contest and uh, so it's it's turned into quite. <clears throat> quite the thing here in Charlottesville. But uh yeah, I was lucky. I, I, I grew up in a town that really fostered um, you know, music and creativity in general. Was there a was there a family influence as well? Did you have uh, you know, extended family members that were musicians of any kind that really got, you know, uh maybe maybe hooked you on the music bug at an early age that led to this sixth grade decision to enroll in this string class? Um, you know, my, my, my uncle, uh, was, a uh, well, he, he still is a, a jazz musician. Um, he plays, uh, trumpet and he plays upright, uh, bass. Um, and so he was, he was definitely an influence. He would, he would, uh, you know, back when they just had, we just had records, you know, um, he would turn me into a lot of jazz, um, through all these jazz records. Um, and just, you know, so my very first introduction to jazz came from, from my uncle and, um, and my dad was the choir director of our church, our youth orchestra, you know, and I went to church every, every Sunday. And, you know, so, so music was, you know, the, I was a Baptist. So and that's a really uh big part of the services, the music. So that, that was another big influence. Um, and my, my grandfather probably played the, uh, accordion which is an instrument you don't you don't find very often you know so there was always you know music going on in my house um you know either from uh relatives playing or just from you know I grew up in the 70s really um you know my childhood and so forth and you know so it was Motown and it was a lot of great music um on the on the radio you know from Motown then you also got rock and everything back in the 70s it was just great music so I came up in a time too, you know, just when, when there's a lot of great music. So it was, it was a coming together, I think of a lot of different things that sort of, you know, sort of got me to where I am now. You know, it's interesting to think about, it's interesting. I'm sorry to cut you off. It's interesting to think about jazz as a musical form, very improvisational, very loose. And then I think about, I've never played the violin, but as I think about the violin, uh, it feels, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that it's a bit more of a disciplined art in music. And so I'm wondering, as you were learning violin and likely learning a more disciplined approach, was there a challenge for you, you know, playing music from a discipline standpoint to what has now evolved for you clearly as a tremendous amount of improvisational work that you do both as a member of the Dave Matthews Band, and I know you're doing some work with Crystal Garden, which we're going to get into a little bit later. But was there a transition? Was it hard for you to move from that disciplined approach to a more improvisational or loose approach? You know, it was. You know, it it definitely took took some time, you know, because, you know, classical music, um, it is very precise. You know, the music is written and it tells you how loud. Um, it tells you how you're supposed to stroke, uh, uh, strike the note. Um, and it tells you, I mean, it tells you basically everything you're supposed to do um, to play this piece. And so that's very different from just being in a form of music of uh, rock or jazz, where it is, you know, at, at least in the improvisational part of it, you know, it's wide open. 
you know, there are no notes, you know, that, and, and that requires playing from the heart, you know, um, and that requires like coming from classical, really just sort of letting go, you know, you have, there's no sheet music in front of you. So you have to like find this music inside yourself. And, you know, so, so that, that discovery, you know, was just a, a process, you know, um, you know, just, just little by little, you know, I would just start, I, I, I was at UVA, UVA in the early 80s, and so uh, one of my friends went to this fraternity, it was a Sigma Nu uh, at UVA, and at that time, I mean, it wasn't at all a traditional fraternity. It was mostly deadheads, and everybody played acoustic guitar, and uh, it was very much a music, um, just sort of deadhead fraternity, and so I had like this whole wealth of musicians to uh, you know, um, go to and and sit and sit down and jam with. I mean, I literally would go from like room to room of the fraternity brothers and just play music, and that was a huge part of of my development. And and also just learning how to to improv, um, just playing with all all these um, uh, different guitar players at this fraternity, which I went on to. To, to join and um uh but that that was a big part of it as well that's that's really cool you know it, it, uh, about a year or so ago i picked up the guitar and i've been taking lessons and as i've been progressing through my own musical journey and also having been you know at, at a variety of shows throughout my life and just having a real appreciation for the musical experience I, i've got it you know i've got to know um What's it like? So you're backstage, you're getting ready to go out for a performance. You're, you're back with your bandmates. The lights go down. You walk out onto, onto the stage. The lights go up. There's thousands of passionate fans out there who've come to see you and participate in this amazing experience in creating music together. What's that feeling like? Can you describe it for those of us that can only dream to achieve something like that? I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's really pretty amazing. I mean, for, first of all, it's just a feeling of just gratitude, just knowing that, you know, my God, all these people have come out to see us. Um, and that we do something that entertains all these people. Um, so there, there's that, there's definitely that sense of gratitude that's always there, you know, that, that, that exact feeling. I mean, it's something, it starts before we get on stage, you know, for, for me, it does, you know, I mean, my whole day, pretty much from the from the moment I wake up, is in preparation for those two and a half, three hours that that we spend on stage. You know, um, you know, I have to do things like you know work out, and obviously I have to practice. You know, I have to listen to music. I have you know just other routines that I I go through, just pretty much the same throughout every day. Um, I, I think it really starts. You know, the, the, the work starts at like about an hour before the show. And that's when you really have to start just focusing your mind, you know, and, and we get the set list at about that time. So you look at the set list. If, if there's a song that you haven't played in a while, you need to sort of review. You get a recording, you get, you know, you get your instrument out and you start reviewing the song. Um, and, and then for me, it's like maybe the last... 15, 20 minutes is like really an intense time of just almost sort of meditation. You know, it's like I'm, I'm listening to music, but I'm just really getting into the music. Um, and just like everything's very quiet on my bus. It's nothing. It's very dark. There's candles lit. There's incense. And 
it's just I put myself in like the calmest sensual situation I can, you know, because I'm about to like go out and rock like, you know, thousands of people. So <laughs> my preparation for that is is the complete opposite is to be be as calm as possible. So you know, you get into the dress room, the band's back there, and then you start to loosen up a little bit more. You know, we start to, you know, uh, you know, joke around and laugh and so forth. There, and 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 even backstage, you know, different people will have their instruments. Tim might have his guitar, or whatever. Sometimes I'll have my violin and still, you know, be be sort of working on things or warming up before stage, and then it's time, and then, you know, it seems like whenever it's time, it just seems like you're ready. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> like, okay, it's just like I, I, I am ready. And and, um, and you just sort of, uh, you, you walk out there, you know, you, you, you're heading onto the stage, you know, the crowd, you know, just sort of, you know, it, erupts. And, and, and that that is one thing that really you ride off right there because you know these people are like rooting for you. You know what I mean? They're they want you to play well, and they're rooting for you, and they're giving you love and support. So that that actually helps, you know. I, I mean, I, and and to say there's that there are no nerves would be to lie. You know, there there's there's got to always be some sort of nerves because you're going on stage and you have to make something happen. You know, so so there there is that degree, but um, you know, uh, you know, it's 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 exhilarating. You know, and and I think that we really sort of settle in at about the um, after the first song. You know, it's just like, and then it's like, okay, everything's good. You know, we've got the first song over with, and uh, you know, the rest. So the rest of the set is, uh, you know, a, a lot more, uh, a lot easier um, on on the mind, and and then you're just, you know, really able to just sort of let go. You know, and. Um, <clears throat> But sometimes too, I mean, so, so, and you know, sometimes we'll come out with a song purposefully to work our way into the set. You know? Yeah, I was so going to ask a song that, that's based. Yeah, is that first song? Is it a is it a, an intentional choice? Something that's maybe you know one of the more familiar, or something that you just know everybody can can hit a groove on to warm you into the set. Exactly, exactly, and and a lot, and a lot of times it is, and, and and probably most of the times it is. But every now and then we'll start with like one of our like more epic songs. I mean, we'll just start with it right out the gate. Um, and th- those <laughs> and those are the times that you know you come up with a little bit of trepidation because you 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 literally have no time to work to work into the set. You basically as soon as you hit the ground, you hit the ground running, and you know, and that that that's also exciting. You know, I mean, it's like. Sometimes when I look at the set list and there's a song that I take a big solo on, like very begin, like the very beginning, it's like surreal. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? It's just like I can't believe. Yeah, I've welcome to the show. Absolutely cold. Yeah. But 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 you just you just have to have your mind set ready to do that um, before you hit the stage. You know, it's just like you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to work into it on the stage. You're gonna have to be able to work into it before you get to the stage and and uh you know and, th- and those are those times too a lot of those times when i'll have my you know violin you know backstage as well because uh, you know not only have i warmed up on my bus but i still need to continue to warm up just to feel comfortable enough to to be able to go out there and uh and just just, just give it my all but um yeah yeah i mean i'm, I'm thinking about 
you know, I don't, I, you know, we played this one song, Seek Up, which is really one of the most epic tunes that we do. Um, and uh, I remember, I mean, we never, we never began a show with it. And, and this might have been our first, but we began this, the, the show with this song. And, and I take this solo, this big solo at the end of it. Um, and I was just going like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like, how is this going to work? But I think because... I was so focused and I was working so hard at it, you know, and just uh, making sure that, that as soon as I got on stage, I was ready to play. But I, I think I, I played well, and I, and I think it was probably one of the best performances that, that I did of that song, I think, you know, throughout the summer, just because, you know, my, my, I had to focus. So when you, when you have no choice, you you really do just absolutely focus like a laser. Well, this has been uh, this has been a pretty monumental year f- uh, for the Dave Matthews Band. I believe you guys are celebrating 25 years together. I'm curious with that kind of longevity. You know, it's 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 pretty rare for a, for a band to stick together and to have the type of success that you guys have had. Do you think about why this particular band has had such staying power? I mean, I, I I don't think I've ever really sort of thought about it, you know, just as a question, you know, um, that's just sort of that I've reflected on. I, I think that my mindset has always been gratitude. My mindset has always been like we get out we get out there every every concert and we just you know pour our hearts out, but these fans keep coming back, you know, and they keep coming back to see us and. And it's so it, that's the thing that 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 blows me away. It's just like the the loyalty um, and the dedication of our fans and, and our fans, you know, you know, they, they come to like 10, 15 shows, some of them a summer. And, and I mean, you run into to some people um, that will say, like, you know, since the beginning of the band, they've gone to 300 shows, you know, and, and it's, it's um, tremendous dedication with our fans and. And I, and I think as far as the band is concerned, I think it's just making sure that we keep the music fresh, you know, and, um, and, 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 and that's one thing musically. The other thing is like, we have to laugh. It's so very important to, to, to laugh, to not take everything so seriously and backstage, you know, before we, we, and on stage, even, uh, before we come out, it's just like, you know, we, we always try to joke around. Everybody's just joking around and stuff, you know, and just laughing. And that, that makes, that just takes off so much pressure. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's, you know, um, just trying to take the music, you know, to a, to a different, to a different level, you know, that's what's made it interesting for us, you know, not to, you know, and it, it, one cool thing too, is like, we might even have a song that we haven't played in years, but when we bring it back, it's like introducing like a whole new song again. And so we approach it in a whole, a whole new way. And it, it, um, and, you know, it, 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 it comes alive again, um, but in a, in a, in a whole new way. So, you know, it's, 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 it's really, there, there's a lot of freedom in, in DMB. And because that there is, we can, uh, you know, we, we, we can go in different directions, you know, depending on how we're feeling each night. And that makes it fun because not only does the audience not know what's going to happen, neither do we. 
as you think back to your childhood, I want to go back to this uh, this sixth grade string class that you thought was uh, going to be for guitar. It ended up not, which has obviously had this profound impact on your life. When you think back to that, are you ju- do you just stand in awe at what your life has become and the opportunity and, and the sense of gratefulness that you clearly display? I mean, are you just – you've got to pinch yourself sometimes and just – just be incredibly just struck at at what an amazing, amazing gift you get to give and also what you've received throughout your life so far. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, the gratitude that I have, um, is, is tremendous, you know, I mean, and, you know, and, and, and there's humility as well. It's never, I, I never go out there and thinking that I'm entitled to, to this or to that, you know, um, it's just, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, I get to do what I love and let alone the success of it. I get to do what I love. Um, and this was a dream that I had at 11, you know, I mean, um, at 11, <laughs> it was a guitar in my hand, but, you know, um, uh, you know, of the, of the thought of like actually, um, you know, playing rock and just like jamming out, you know I mean? Because back in the seventies, you know, when I was 11, you know, I mean, it was like the Allman Brothers, you know, it was just like Jimi Hendrix, it was like uh, um, the Who, it was like a lot of guitar, you know, bass rock, um, and that influenced me a lot. Um, that's something that I wanted to do, you know. And then when I played, uh, when I got into the string class, um, and then I found out about like Papa John Kreese, just you know, violin player that played with Jefferson Airplane. You know, I, I found out about, about bands like It's a Beautiful Day, another band that had a heavy uh, violin in it. And, uh, you know, I, I found out about uh, Stefan Rapelli, a jazz violinist from the 30s, 20s and 30s, and his student, uh, Jean-Luc Ponte, uh, who's still playing. Um, and so I, I realized through my teacher that there was not only classical music available, but there's also all, all these other venues of music available so so that that knowledge i had early on and then my dream became <laughs> to play music you know at the edge of the stage but with a violin a violin in my hand and you know and and you know through many twists and turns through life i i i, I came back to that you know i i actually wound up um, doing what i dreamt of doing when i was 11. That's really cool, man. Really, really cool. I know you guys are actually uh, going to be taking some time off, if I'm not mistaken, here coming up in uh, in 2017, which I believe is really the first time you've taken some time off, at least from the Dave Matthews Band from touring, which you've been pretty consistent over the last quarter century. Um, is this where Crystal Garden came from this opportunity to create new music, a new project. Was this sort of the plan as part of this time off, or or did Crystal Garden did that come from some other creative outlet? It's it's like for me. Well, I'll I'll answer the the, the first question first. Is uh, uh, Crystal? So I, I I formed Crystal Garden before I knew that we were going to take. Um, 2017 off okay um um but as it happens um you know it it's even though we're going to take that year off you know it it also gives me the opportunity to do you know another outside creative 
project, which which right now is uh, to develop um, uh, and promote this band, Crystal Garden, that I put together. Um, and I'll get a, an entire year um, to do that. So it's it's kind of exciting. You know, we, 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 we took, supposedly, <laughs> we took a year off, but we actually didn't. Um, we actually wound up playing like maybe 16 gigs, 12, 16 gigs or something. Um, a few years back, and we we called it the Caravan uh, Tour. Uh, but but that year we had actually um, planned on taking off, but we we decided that we would not take it off, but just do a few a few shows. Um, this this year I, I have a feeling we are going to take the entire year off, and but it gives me the opportunity to do something else that I love to do. You know, I love being in the studio. You know, on the other side of it, I love I love uh, producing. You know, um, I, I love, you know, just just creative projects. I made a movie um, a few years back um, that that was a, an, an undertaking, um, but it was it was a joy. Um, and I learned so much from it. And, you know, a, a lot of what I learned applied to, you know, how I approached uh, Crystal Garden and how I approached producing their album. And, um, you know, just from that whole learning experience from from the movie, so it's um, I'm I'm really excited, you know, I'm 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 going to be, you know, producing you know their their next album, um, which they pretty much uh, have have written all the songs for, and also um, I guess I'm going to be managing them, um, and 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 the initial phases of it, which is uh, which is pretty, <laughs> which is something that I never really thought that I would do, and but right now I have the opportunity to actually do that. And it's, you know, one, one thing, and I think, I think you may have mentioned it early on, but it's, it's like, um, you, you, like for me, I, I, I have certain ways that I creatively, you know, just sort of think. Um, and I, I think that they might not match up with the ways that are, that most people um, creatively think, you know, like for me, when I made my movie, I started with the music and from the music, you know, I mean, there, there was a story, there was an outline of a story, but it wasn't like we shot the scenes and then scored the music afterwards. It's that we made the music and we sort of based the filming off of the music. Um, I mean, to the degree that on set, that they would actually play the music before the shooting so that everybody would get into the vibe of the music. And, and it translated all the way up, up you know, to, through the editing. It's like uh, we, we were taking, we were listening to the music and we we're taking uh, footage and we were creating that scene around the music, you know, and it was, it was we sort of called, we called it dancing. It's called, called dancing the, the footage with the music. And uh, that that's very much what it's like. It's a it's a movie that doesn't have very very much dialogue. You know, it's like the music speaks. You know, um, for it, and um, and when it's when it has words and, and when it doesn't, and it's 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 I, I love I love this 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 music. I mean, this this uh, movie and the music, and it's. Um, you know, but it's it's different. It, it came about in a in a way that if I had like gone to someone, 
you know, I did it, I did it on my own, but if I had gone to investors or whatever and said, let's do this this way, you know, they would have looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> um, but, but, but it, but it worked and it turned out to be a great movie and, you know, everybody who's seen it and um, the, the critical reviews and stuff that we've gotten has all been good, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's, you, th- th- there's a lot of ways to, to approach, you know, um, uh, creativity, you know, I mean, it's creation, it's, yeah. you know, it's uh, that, that, that sort of, that's sort of part of it. I think that we sometimes get caught up in process, you know, you must do this before you can do this before you can do that. You know, like for me, like being in the studio, you know, like, you know, Crystal Garden, I've done a, uh, produced a couple of bands as well, but, you know, let's say like, I mean, for one, once they get into the studio, and once any band that I record gets into the studio, we start pressing record and we press record and we leave it on for the entire time um, because you never know when something genius is going to happen. And that could happen like right off the bat. And that could happen like when somebody after you've finished, like the whole band is finished to take the guitar player might just go up and go on this instrument and just play some amazing music. And then you take that, you've got that on tape. So you, um, you, so you can get together and get the rest of the band together and create something around this, uh, this music that this guitar player, uh, you know, recorded unbeknownst to him, you know, not thinking that we were recording everything. And, and so, I mean, I've, I've had, you know, I've used like rehearsals before, um, and, you know, and, and even situations where it was like just stereo, uh, stereo mic, a guitar player, and a, uh, maybe like a keyboard player with a, a little amp, um, just rehearsing a song. But in that rehearsal, something magical happened. And then it was like, that's it, you know, and I don't care. I mean, it's like we, we had already had the, the effects built into it, you know, you know, um, but it was those effects and it was something about the sound and probably, you know, the position of the mic and, and just the, just the performance itself that was magical. And then when it, it came around time for um, the session and the, and the guys thought that we were actually going to recut um, because the, the, the piece that I'm, of the song is basically it's like the main hook of the song and it goes all the way through and they thought okay we're going to recut this I'm like dude you you've already done this you know it's like we got this um uh from the from day one um and and but to some people it's like you have to have the rehearsal and then you have to you know have the um uh rough um you know then you have to have the initial session and then you have to have, you know, there's just like there's like a, a whole process that, that goes on. And, um, and for me, it's like it's not like that. It's like when I hear the magic, no matter where in the process it is, that's it. So I'm curious, as, as you had this idea to create a band, to form Crystal Garden, to be a part of this this creative process, you actually launched a pretty uh, global search to handpick a group of musicians with the plan to, to create this band. How did you know, as you came across uh, undoubtedly just dozens and dozens and dozens of very talented musicians, how did you know the ones you ended up selecting were the right ones? What was it about that, that process? 
I, I think one gift that I have is just knowing the talent that someone and knowing the potential that someone has, like from the very beginning. And it doesn't take much, you know. Um, is it a potential you know, that I don't you're even looking have to for? Hear, like, yeah, I mean, is it a potential you're I, looking for, like in technique, or is it in? Are, I, you, are you are you sensing a passion? It's 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 it's, it's, an, it's an it's an ability and potential. And somebody, you, somebody might not be the very, even the very best of you, of you know, at their instrument, but this is somebody who is maybe uh, able and has the ability to create amazing music, um, and and that's something that that you see, and it's like uh, I think a lot of people you, you don't get the opportunity really to play or to sing a lot of the music that they that's in them, you know, because you sort of, if you're in a band, you play the band's music and that's what you play. Um, you know, unless you do something outside of the band and you play with some other musicians, but, but inside the band, you, you play the band's music. And so a lot of, a lot of guys, you know, when they come into a session with me, it's, it's very free. It's very open. I, I, I say, uh, I want you guys to go in there and, and I don't want you to, to think about it. I said, I just want you to play, you know, I want you to, to play what comes to your heart, you know. Um, every now and then I might like, uh, you know, go to the singer and I might throw out a few words, you know, and, and from that, you know, he'll create, you know, um, create a song, create these lyrics and, and you know, and, and the rest of the band is, is right there. And, and it's like you have to, it has to come from the heart. You have to be listening to that, to each other. You have to play as one. Um, and when you do that, and when you have that sort of freedom, magical stuff happens. Magical stuff happens. Um, and it's like songs are created right on the spot. I mean, there was one song that we did uh, that was just uh, one take, you know. And, and you know, we, we you know the, the engineer and I had to go through, you know, obviously an edit you know, different parts and stuff, but they, no one came back for an overdub, you know, everything that we needed for that song, they, they laid out and you find moments of just like brilliance like that. I think in situations where there's just creative freedom and people are just allowed to play whatever comes out of their heart, you know, that, that you don't really get that opportunity a, a lot as a, as a professional musician, particularly. So this 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 very open creative process that seems to be very central to you also feels like something that has really carried over into just your life as 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 a human being. Forget about being a musician, and and more specifically, I was cruising your your Twitter account, and it looks like there's a real depth of relationships that you establish with with your fans out there and with the people you're interacting with i'm curious was that uh, how, how did how did that come to be where did twitter come from in your life cuz you look to be really really active on it and something that it looks like you take just really really seriously and also looks like you're having a lot of fun with it too I, I do, you know, and, and, and I, I started Twitter. Um, I'd never done any social media, you know, but when we were, um, you know, just sort of promoting the movie uh, Faces in the Mirror, we, we uh, I started using social media. And really Twitter was the main thing that I used. Um, 
And, you know, I got on there. I had, had no idea what it was. And, you know, I, 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 you lose contact with fans. I guess there's one thing good with Twitter, you know, um, because it allows you to connect with fans. But there was a period of time, you know, when when we began and when you're a band playing in clubs and stuff, you're, you know, you, you go after the show in the, in the parking lot and you, your fans are there and you're a lot closer to your fans. And, and you, you, you can see them, you can talk to them. The bigger you get, the more removed you, you get. And, and that sort of, I mean, this, this is sort of the period before Twitter, you know, um, and after we were playing the clubs, you know, so there, there are years where you're sort of really physically divided from, from the fans. And, and so, so going on Twitter, you know, for the promotion of the movie, I was just really, I guess, blown away with just like, just like so much love that the fans have, um and it really it really blew me away you know and it 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 became you know they they sent me love and i sent them love and it's it's really my twitter community is very much about you know about love and it's about you know people it's also even the followers themselves look out for each other you know it it it, it goes that deep and it it is like a community some of them you know there's definitely a group of my twitter followers that I actually know and I've met, um, you know, on, on, on several occasions, I used to do these things called gatherings where um, they, they started off as these screenings that we'd have for the movie. We'd do screenings. Uh, I'd play with a band. And then afterwards, I would meet with, uh, you know, the people there, with the fans there. And um, so I started to meet people. And, and, then, and then there came a point where we just started doing gatherings, even without showing the film, you know, just after DMB shows, we'd meet at some parking lot here or, you know, or some at Dave and Buster's or, <laughs> you know, we, we'd find somebody, somebody in that town would find some place, a good place to meet. And then, you know, they, you know, tweet to me, this is where we should do it. And then I, I'd announce it to everybody. We're going to be there. And then, you know, we get there and there, there are like hundreds of people there, you know, somehow everyone we did seemed it always seemed to be raining. But people stood there anyway, even in the even in the cold rain. And I stood there right with them. And, you know, I I I generally go right into the middle of the pack. You know, where it was the warmest. And but it was it was really it was it was really cool because, you know, I I didn't I didn't try to make it into you know here I am the celebrity you guys are the fans. It was just I I talked to them I interacted interacted with them you know as as people you know there there was a lot of lot of hugs and. A lot of laughs. People would bring, you know, baked goods, cupcakes, and stuff, and pass them around. People would play guitar. There was a couple of times fire breathers, and you know, so it really it, it became something unlike anything I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, and all and all that developed uh, through Twitter. I and and I did Twitter probably every day for you know a few years, and I I, I did. Um, I did take a break for for a while, um, really for a couple of years, and I would, you know, and not not the entire time. I would come back, you know, and and for a little while, and then and then leave. I had a, uh, you know, other things uh, in my life that I really needed to focus on, and, but but now I'm back, you know, and, and now, um, you know, it's like a lot of those same people I still talk to are, um, you know, every, every day, and um, you know, and, and and now I talk a lot about Crystal Garden as well, and. Um, they've, they've become, you know, great fans of Crystal Garden and they come out to the shows. I've, I've lately asked the, my followers to, 
tweet in where they would like Crystal Garden to play, you know, and, and it sort of gives me a good indication of where their initial, you know, fan base is. And, and it's, it's pretty deep, <laughs> you know, they, you know, they, they, we periscope all of their shows. So we live stream them on Twitter and, uh, and periscope. Um, and so because of that, I mean, there might be 500 people at the actual show that they're playing, but there's thousands of people that are actually watching it online. So, you know, it's like Periscope is really the way that they're spreading, um, that they're growing their following. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's there's people that have seen all their shows, you know, um, you know, through through Periscope. Through and technology, so it's, yeah. it's it's really good, and it's it's. Um, um, you know, I've I've gotten Crystal Garden as well to to come out after the shows and to to meet the fans and you know and 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 you know we're we're adding elements you know it's just like you know we we bring crystals and you know the fans bring crystals and everybody's exchanging them after the show um, and you know but it, it's just these it's just these beautiful things that that really just sort of open up when, you know, it's just like, I think that when you care about other people, when you treat your fans as people, you know, it's like these beautiful things happen. And, uh, um, um, you know, so I'm, I'm, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the, to the future with Crystal Garden. It's, it's, um, next year is going to be fun. You know, like I said, you know, we're going to have, uh, off from DMV. So I'll, I'll have the opportunity to really sort of shape, you know the 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 beginnings and the, and the future of this band. You know from from 25 years of experience of playing in in DMB, but also from experience in doing uh, uh, creative projects on my own. So uh, I'm 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 excited about it. I really am. Sounds like it. You know, you you bring up a really interesting uh, topic around technology, and you specifically mentioned Periscope. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting. I, uh, I, I've been a lifelong deadhead and, you know, the music, uh, has been a big part of my life and it's really interesting. I have, I had an opportunity to get out and catch a few of the shows, uh, in this sort of reincarnation with John Mayer and O'Teal from the Allman brothers and Jeff, uh, and Mickey, Billy and, and Bobby. And, it's really interesting. I was able to catch a few shows live, but they also did uh, some webcasts. And it's interesting. You know, there, I, I caught a few through Periscope, but I also caught a few through um, watching a webcast that I would just, you know, project on through my Apple TV and, and essentially get a, a sense of the show, a sound quality that was second to none, video footage that was just unbelievable. I'm curious, you know, as as you're you guys are periscoping these Crystal Garden shows, and as technology is just continuing to uh, penetrate all of our lives in just countless ways, do you think about the impact that technology is going to have on the music business, at least as it relates to the concert experience and whether or not venues may start to get smaller and more intimate because more and more people are going to watch from technology versus being there? Do you think that's where things are headed? I, 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 you know, I mean, that, that's a really good question. And, and that's certainly something that has popped into my mind. You know, it's just like, you know, well, I can sit here on my computer and I can watch the show. So why don't I go down? Why should I go down and see it? I don't. I don't think that that's going to happen, though. I really, I really think that people do enjoy the actual 
like live experience of being there. There's there's you know there, there there's the entire energy of the room and that sort of thing that you can't get like from your from your computer. Um but um but uh yeah but I I, I think that in this case sometimes I, I think sometimes technology maybe sort of separates us, you know, a yeah. little bit. You know, yeah. it's just like um it, it 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 sort of closes us off a little bit um it's interesting it's interesting about two of the two of the things that i think that have really just sort of engaged us more you know and, and i think well at, at least for bands that I, I think it's you know uh, periscope is is just an amazing thing for an up-and-coming band because you get to have like this audience outside of the audience that you're actually playing for, right? you know, at a venue. And, and it's a great way to, and so Crystal Garden really came, came about at just like the perfect time, um, the beginning of this technology, you know, um, um, and, um, uh, I, there was one more, one other thing I was going to say, and I, I got sort of uh, tied up with 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 Periscope, but uh, no, it's but yeah, it's, it's 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 really um, it's really great great technology, and and it's uh, um, you know like it's the rebroadcast that's also key. I mean, more people you know sometimes turn well all the time I think turn out for the rebroadcast of the event. Um, uh, as uh as uh, then the uh, live broadcast you know yep. because you might you know because when i do the live broadcast you know somebody might not be you know tuned into my twitter account at that time but then i'll re i'll retweet it and i'll continue and continuously retweet it and you know i mean it's like one thing that we did was like maybe started off with 1500 1800 viewers but by the end of retweeting it several times, I mean, we got over 8,000 viewers um, to see the show, um, you know. And so now every time the band plays, they're, they're playing in front of at least uh, a couple of thousand people. But that number will go up with the, uh, with the, repre- with the uh, repeat, um, well, I mean, the uh, rebroadcast uh, viewers. So it's, it's an amazing technology. I mean, it is... I mean, it is the most incredible thing that there that there is for uh, new bands, and not only new bands, but established bands. You know, I know there's, I mean, there's periscoping galore gone going on at D&B shows, and, I, and if I'm not mistaken, we may also have a official D&B periscope. Um, and uh, but so it's like there are people who've seen every show this summer. Um, either by going to them or seeing it on Periscope. Um, I, I, to me, that's nothing but but a good thing. I, I think I think only time will tell, but I really do think that people are going to want that experience, that live experience, when they can be there. Um, you know, they, they they would choose that rather than watch it on their uh, computer. But if you're in you know, Des Moines and, and the shows in Miami, you, you're going <laughs> to probably watch it on a computer. You know what I mean? But Absolutely. if you're anywhere in the, if you're somewhere in the Midwest, you know, near Des Moines, then you're going to, you know, you're going to drive and see the, the concert, no, no, no doubt, you know. Yep, absolutely. So, so as you know, a, a lifelong musician, having the opportunity you have to play in front of thousands of folks, do you have a preference between 
an indoor versus an outdoor show? And then uh, simultaneously, do you prefer bigger venues over smaller venues, smaller over bigger? What, what, what's your preference? What, what gives you the most energy when you're on stage, indoor, outdoor, big, small? I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly used to, you know, outdoor venues, um, you know, so there's definitely like, I think almost more of a comfort level playing outside. Okay. Um, but I, it, but playing inside doesn't, you know, it, it certainly doesn't affect me like, you know, as far as like the, the energy that I feel from the crowd or, or, or anything like that. I think, I think the main thing between an outdoor and an indoor thing as a musician is that the sound changes dramatically. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you're inside of a building and, you know, the acoustics are going to be different. You're, you know, the, the sound waves are going to be bouncing off the, the buildings and stuff. And so you're going to hear, you're going to hear your instrument in a different way. And, and sometimes it's, it's good, but sometimes it's also bad. <laughs> um, it's, 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 you're able to have a more consistent mix outside um, in, in most places um, outside, but in inside it, it's, it's, uh, Depending on the building, it really depends on the building itself. You, you're going to have to spend a little bit more time uh, with your uh, um, monitor guy uh, EQing your mix because it's going to change dramat- dramatically from being outside. But I mean, I mean, technically, that's the that's the main thing um, as far as just like the experience itself and how it feels to be up to be up there on stage. It is not 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 really not not really much different at all. It's it's still the same kind of energy out there in the crowd. You know, to me when I walk on the stage, it's like the stage is the same everywhere we go. You know, <laughs> and you know, and every year, and it's, so it's like that's you know, even though you know every you know, I, I mean, it, it's to the point where we can't see like the, the lighting rig and all the stuff that's going on and all the screens and stuff. Right. You know, I mean, we can, we can like, we can like turn around and see like the screens right behind us, but like our, I mean, from the pictures I've seen, <laughs> um, it's like, it's, it's a pretty elaborate like light show out there. Oh but yeah. We just see that we, you know, what we, we just see that, that same stage, um, and our position on it. And, um, that you know and that crowd out there and it's and that's the same um you know all 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 the time you know it's like um this is this is this is our home and this you know these these are the people that we that we're going to go out there and play music for and and it's uh that that's always the same you know, you talked a lot about uh, earlier in our chat about uh, the Allman Brothers and Zeppelin and the Who and 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 these bands from back in the seventies, and it, you know the music today. You know, I, I think, at least in my opinion, has changed dramatically as as you would expect it to. Everything evolves, but. St- For me personally, it feels that the art of the storytelling of songs has really lost some of its zest. Now, maybe that's just me dating myself and sounding like an old fart who's like, oh, back when, you know, we used to have. And I'm sure they said that maybe back in the 70s about the music from the 40s or the 50s. But do you think back on this technology uh, discussion we've been having, do you think artists today are relying a little too much on the technology versus the real 
art of what songwriting and storytelling through music certainly for me feels like it used to be about. Do you do you sense any of that? Yeah, you know, um, technology is something that can, if used in the right way, you know, can be part of the creative part of the music, you know. Um, I think that sometimes I, it, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure if there's a lot of meaning and, and a lot of the stuff that I hear on the radio. I, I don't listen to, like, you know, like Top 40 radio or, or, or uh, terrestrial radio very often because it sounds like I'm hearing the same songs that I've heard from the last 10 years, last 20 years, the ones that make it onto the radio. However, I do know that out there exists some really amazing music. You know, we have bands that come sit in with us that, that don't make it to like, you know, you know, the the top 40 or whatever, but they are just amazing bands. And, you know, so, you know, a lot of times I think, you know, the powers to be in record companies, you know, they, they, you know, they want to play it safe and they want to, their bottom line is about making music. I mean, not as about making money, you know, and not, not necessarily making music. And that shows, um, that shows up on the radio, you know, and it's like, sometimes I hear, I hear young people singing these songs. I was like, well, what, what is this that you're singing? You know, it's like, you got to go, you need to go back a little bit in time and check out some of that music because yeah. I don't know what, what, you know, so, I mean, and, and it's not, it's, it, it is like, like you said, I, I think that every generation is probably like that to some degree. Yeah. It's like, you know, the, you know, the, the, the music now is, is like what it, what it used to be. But I think that in this case, it, it's, it's pretty dramatic though. You know, I mean, I think that there was music, you know, uh, that really did express stuff, you know, from the seventies, you know, um, from all those amazing artists, you know, that there was, there was fire in there. There was there was real stuff going on, you know. Um, and uh, you know, it's not not it's, it's, it's not so much there, um, you know, the, these days. And uh, you know, the music business itself is really weird. You know, it's just uh, you know, it's 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 very it's very undefined. You know, and like and like for me, you know, like Crystal Guard, you know, just like Faces in the Mirror, is something that I, you know, I did on my own, you know, I, I didn't, you know, because I wanted to do something that did have the potential and the freedom to like, you know, uh, have the musicians dig into their hearts and to play for the sake of the music. Um, and, you know, the, this band is an amazing band. Um, you know, I, I went out and, you know, I, I wanted to put together this band, but I knew that in order to put together a band, I, I, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. I wanted to put together a young band. I wanted them to be a rock band. I wanted them to just be a kick-ass band. And, and um, I, so I, I started looking and I started looking at places like entertainment agencies and stuff, which I'm ashamed of now, you know, in a sense, because that's so against the way that I wanted to make this. You know, I, I didn't I didn't want to have someone who was necessarily, you know, um, uh, being groomed to, to, to play a part. I just wanted to find musicians that had heart, you know, 
Um, one of the musicians is is literally a street musician from San Francisco. James uh, is like 27. Uh, this trumpet player that I, I met on on uh, Haight Ashbury, and um, you know, and and he uh, you know he just plays with so much soul, and he really does have a uh, just an amazing sense of just like where the music should go and the right notes to play. Um, so right away, that was something I recognized in him and I just tucked away in my head. Um, so he was actually the first person that I grabbed for this band. Uh, you know, Michael Wassman as uh, a singer. Um, he is friends with one of the our crew guys, um, our security guy actually, and he was a contestant on The Voice. And he has just an absolutely amazing soulful voice and and this guy you know daryl who works on our uh, crew he said boy you've got to check this guy out you got to check him out he said this to me for a few years and finally uh, michael played in new york at the showcase and daryl said you got to come so i said well i've got to come you know if he's every reason town i've got to come and i was just blown away and 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 i just um it took me about you know, half a song to realize, oh, wow, that's my singer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is my singer. I, I felt bad because he had this band, but I knew I was going to have to approach him. And I asked him, you know, if he wanted to come. And and, uh, and this is about a year ago that we, that we, that the, these guys got together and we started recording. And I you know, say in August, we're going to, I'm going to put together a recording session. I'd like for you to be par- a part of it. He, he, he said, absolutely. So then I had two. And Toronto has a lot of talent, you know, uh, for some reason. There's just so many actors and comedians and musicians, Canada in general, you know, but there's a high concentration around the Toronto area. So I purposely, you know, sought out musicians from Toronto. Um, I didn't have like a lot of connections to to, uh, to Toronto and the music scene, except for one one friend who's really in the DJ scene up there. But I thought that you know he he would maybe you know know somebody who would know somebody know some like rock musicians. And I asked him on three separate occasions. Uh, the first two, he said, "No, I don't. I don't, I don't know anybody that fits that bill. I don't know you know how I can find somebody like that." But then it got you know to crunch time. And I called him up a third time and I said, Steve, you got to tell me where I can find these musicians that they need to be these kind of musicians. And he said, Oh, you're talking about my roommates. <laughs> he had just moved in with these, these, a drummer and a bass player, phenomenal drummer and phenomenal bass player. Um, and, and you, you were asking, I think earlier, it's like, what do you look for? Um, and these people, you know, one of the things I said was that I recognize that they have, you know, talent like right away, but it's also, it's a whole vibe, you know, they have to have a, a, a whole vibe that, that sort of um, gels with me because if everybody has that same vibe that gels with me, then they're going to, everybody's going to gel together. Sure. You know, and, and that's, and that that's exactly what's happened. I mean, they they all now live in Seattle. You know they practice like you know rehearse like five times a week. You know they live in the same they live in the same house. They're like brothers. Um, but like once again, like they they all share like this 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 common um, you know thing, which is that they all they they vibe off of me. They're musicians that that I um, 
that I would gravitate to, uh, gravitate to, and which, in which I did gravitate to. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it was, it was a long process and it was a very organic process. And I knew that in order for it to be real, I just had to find these people, you know, and, or, and, and also them finding me, you know, I mean, to me, it's a, it's a spiritual thing too. It's a very, you know, it's like, particularly this past year, last year, um, I felt like a really sort of, it was a very creative time. And it was the same time when I, the same way I felt when I made uh, Faces in the Mirror. It was just like, it felt like the universe was just like really there to help you in creative endeavors. Um, and that was something I felt and I knew, and that was one of the, the urgent, the part of the urgency that I wanted it to start this project um, last year. I didn't want to lose that window that the universe had created um, to 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 aid in this um, in this project. But there was absolute magic, you know. We 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 the band's called Crystal Garden, and the reason is where I live and where my studio is is built upon, you know, it's like a lot of rock, but it's a lot of crystals there. It's a lot of quartz crystal there, and it has like an amazing vibe to it. Um, in that session, everybody had crystals with them, you know, um, you know, those from my, um, uh, from, from my yard and, and what we call the crystal garden, um, by the Creek bed. Um, but also we realized that everybody was into crystals, <laughs> you know, and, um, there, there you go again. And so, 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 so a lot of the guys also just happen to have their own crystals. So crystals were a really big part of it. I mean, to the point where if some we were about to do a take and somebody couldn't find their crystal, it's like we couldn't do the take to the sound of crystal. You know, you know, it was it was it was it was like that. And and so that that was a very there's the magic and, and, and this whole and the whole this whole spiritual uh aspect of this session was hugely important. I mean hugely important. And that's that once again I think is comes from just allowing things to happen from the heart, you know, there, there's a oneness that we all share, you know, that if we just sort of open up our hearts and connect with each other, you know, uh, amazing things happen, you know, it's like, you, you know, where this musician's going to go. It's like, everybody knows where the song's going to go. If you open up your heart, you know, you're feeling it together. It's, it's crazy. Um, I mean, some of the things I've, I've just heard in the studio and, and these sessions, that I've done have just blown my mind. It's like, did they all just really do that? <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it, it, it's, um, it's really amazing. And, and they, they made just an, an amazing album. They made an album that, that only a band that's, you know, played for, for years and years would have made. And they made it after only really a couple of uh, months of being together. You've and been- um, it, yeah, I was just uh, I, you. You've been so generous with your time. I want to ask a couple more questions, uh, but before I know you got to you got to jam out of here. Uh, but I do want to mention real quick for those of you out there that have not heard of Crystal Garden, you can check them out at crystalgardenband.com. Uh, I had an opportunity to listen to Dream Captain, uh, and you're right the the vocals, the music. It is it's it's truly it's awesome. It's really awesome. And so uh, if the rest of the album is anything remotely like the power of the dream captain song that I checked out, 
uh, it is absolutely uh, an, a, an album and a band that's that's worth tuning into. That said, yeah, go ahead. Did you want do you want to add something to that point? No, I was just I was basically going to say thank you. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm curious. You know, you've played with a lot of musicians and, and a lot of amazing musicians. As you think about, you know, uh, who you haven't yet had a chance to play with. I'm curious. I either Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. So is he at the top of the list? I I, I would say so. You know, I mean, and they, and, you know, the, the the other person, one of the other ones who would have been at the top of the list is Prince. You know, um, you know, we, we you know those, those guys. I mean, Elton John. You know, I mean, the, these are the 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 huge legends in themselves, but. Certainly, I would. Uh, it would be great to, um, to great to play with those guys. You know, I, I don't think it's a pipe dream that that we wouldn't sometime. But, but um, for me, um, you know, uh, Stevie uh, Elton, uh, you know, to, those two plus plus you know some others. But they they're definitely in the top five. So uh, I, I want to ask you my, my one of my favorite questions uh, that was asked of me the deserted island question if you were going to be stuck on a deserted island for let's just say the next couple of years and you could only take with you let's just say three albums what are the albums that you would absolutely have to have with you as you spend a year or two on a deserted island um <laughs> well uh i have been listening to some more classical music lately and there's a Mozart piano concerto number twenty one that uh, um, I really I really love. It's, it really has this um, in the first movement this really emotional part that just like you know sends chills through me all the time. And so that would be one. Okay. Um, and um, let's see, another one that I would want would be. Um, you know some some Neil Young. Um, what what which album? Um, you know maybe uh, maybe uh, Rust. Um, and um, what what else? Um, oh my God, it's such a it's such a hard question. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I I can't. You know, you you ask me now, and uh, uh, I'm drawing like blanks but um as soon as we hang up i'll think of like 20 hours i know <laughs> i know i know but, uh, i can try i can but, throw uh, you a but, bone if you yeah, want you know for, for, for me for for, for 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 me i mean i i think that there's a lot of albums that 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 you could fill in that you could fill in the blank with because it's just for me it's like whatever moves me sure you know and there's so so much music and so many genres that just moved me. I, I, you know, it's interesting. Another album, I guess, I'll just put up there because uh, um, I've been listening to some lately. Is uh, Emmylou Harris did an album that was produced by uh, Daniel Lanois, and I think it was called Wrecking Ball. Uh, and uh, I think the the title song she that she does with Neil Young, um, and it's the most beautiful song um, that I've ever heard. But and that's one of the most beautiful albums. If, if your listeners um, uh, can check that out, it's uh, called Wrecking Ball uh, by Amy Lou Harris, and it's just an amazing album. 
Well, Boyd Tinsley, what an amazing opportunity and a gift for me personally and for our audience to be able to uh, hear a little bit uh, of the life of what you uh, of what you lead, the opportunities you have, the music you create, both with the Dave Matthews Band and obviously the leadership that uh, you are sharing with the, the, the Crystal Garden guys. Uh, I, I can't begin to thank you enough and how grateful I feel to have had this opportunity to chat with you. And uh, boy, I, I hope an opportunity. Uh, I live down in the Phoenix area. Uh, perhaps one of these days uh, you get down here and we can uh, we can meet in person and be a real treat. I would I would love that. And uh, this has been a really cool conversation. And, um, you know, next time we're in that area, I'd love to uh, sit down and have another chat. That sounds awesome, man. Sounds awesome. Wish you the best. Have a great rest of this year. Have a great 2017. And uh, we'll look forward to checking out more of uh, the music you're involved in as the days, weeks, months, and years unfold. Awesome, man. Peace out. Cool. Peace out. See ya. you enjoyed hearing our interview with Boyd Tinsley. If you're interested in a transcribed version of this show or want to listen to more of the episodes of the Built on Purpose podcast, please visit yscouts.com forward slash podcast. If you'd like to recommend someone as a guest for the show, I'd welcome it. Drop me a line, brian at yscouts.com. I promise more great interviews are on the way. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.